Welcome to 10 Minutes, the Breakout Investor Podcast. In this episode, we are going to take a look at MP Materials Corp, ticker MP. Joining me on today's podcast, and this is his first podcast, Breakout Investor Matt Rakowski. But first, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page, type in the ticker, and the results will give you a link to the research post with this podcast and to other discussion and research relating to today's company. Now to our topic, MP Materials Corp, ticker MP. Matt, the reason we're uh, doing this podcast today is because Grizzly Research came out with a short report on MP Materials today. The stock is down. You and I had been looking at MP. We, we both like it. We've followed it for, geez, since it went public last year. Uh, we were both looking for a good entry point, and this just might be it. Uh, to get us started, could you give us 30 seconds on what MP Materials is? and then uh, an introduction to the Grizzly Report. MP Materials is a, um, is a rare earth mine uh, with a principal mining asset, a uh, mountain pass mine uh, located in uh, Northern California. They acquired the uh, mining property out of a, uh, through, an, through a complicated uh, bankruptcy litigation uh, years ago uh, and bought it for a very uh, cheap price. They. Um, they uh, acquired the assets through uh, first buying uh, the junior debt of the company. And that is, you know, sort of how the current ownership group got, uh, you know, control of the assets. Who, who is uh, uh, the current, Matt, who's the current ownership group? Who are you referring to? It's uh, James Latinsky, J-H-L uh, Capital, his hedge fund. Um, and I think there was another uh, hedge fund that he was in partner with, I think called QDT. And... Um, and uh, Fortress was a sponsor in the transact in the uh, spec transaction. All right, Latinsky so had actually had worked at Fortress years back. Okay, so this is an entity that came public through a spec in the mm-hmm. fall winter of last year. Okay, yes, uh, Fortress and uh, these uh, these these funds. Okay, is MP Materials the only rare earth mine in the United States? No, but it's the largest. And it's okay. the largest uh, neodymium and praseodymium. Neodymium. Uh, I can't even say it. What What is that? What is it used for? Uh, neodymium and praseodymium are the rare elements that go into uh, making the permanent magnets that are the core of uh, more or less every uh, electric vehicle on the road. It is the uh, it is a, it's used in uh, powering uh, electric vehicle engines as well as uh, wind power and wind turbines uh, use a lot of neodymium praseodymium. It's okay. a Go uh, that, that's good enough. Uh, the competition mm-hmm. comes from China. Uh, China produce is the has a ninety percent market share in the production of rare earth. But uh, the, are there any are there any mines in China? Or are these uh, the mines in the Asia area? No, there's substantial mines in China. There's also mine. There's some substantial mining activity and uh, rare earth deposits in China. There's also a substantial amount of mining activity. In Myanmar, in fact, I think Myanmar is the source of the um, largest source of uh, rare earth concentrate from uh, from China. 
Okay, so let's leave this behind, but I'll just point out that uh, there's been extensive discussion of these competitive mines on the Breakout Investor platform. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's uh, now switch to uh, the Grizzly Report. Uh, they came out, uh, they really slammed the company, a couple of really extraordinary claims. The first uh, mm -hmm. one is that uh, the company is controlled by the Chinese, and the second is that it's just a repackaged and failed mine. You want to uh, take, a, take a swing at those arguments? Yeah, well, first thing, they, they mentioned that it's a Chamath deal, right? Chamath is not the, let me just say, Chamath is, a, uh, is the face of excess, one of the faces of excess in, the, in this back meltdown of the West in recent history. He is not a sponsor of this deal, never was. He was a significant participate, uh, uh, significant uh, investor in the pipe shares. Uh, you know, but like uh, Virgin Galactic, you know, he's not a sponsor of the deal. In terms of the Chinese control, uh, China, they've, they've been, you know, Shangi uh, Resources is, owns 10% of the company as a passive investment. They are uh, the buyer. Uh, the only buyer right now of, of, of the rarest concentrate that, that MP produces. Just to be clear that uh, MP really has two alternatives in terms of where to sell their concentrate. They could either sell it to the processors in Asia or they can sell it to the processors in uh, Eastern Europe, right? There are no processing assets currently running in the, uh, in the Western hemisphere. And you know, so this idea of China controlling MP with a you know because Shangyi Resources happens to uh, be buying the uh, their concentrate and processing their concentrate. All right, so uh, they sell the um, neodymium into China, and uh, they the, sell concentrate. The concentrate. Okay, they so they sell rare concentrate, and what the Chinese do is they uh, separate the uh, concentrate into uh, distinct uh, rare earth oxides that are then sold to the uh, fabricators. Okay, well, you know, that, that, that's fine. It's a materials processing thing. It's the relationship mm -hmm. to the Chinese. Uh, I read the report. Mm -hmm. It says that so-and-so owns so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so owns them and a piece of this is owned by the Chinese government. Uh, and uh, that plus the fact that the the uh, current business is to get their stuff processed in China in the Grizzly report equates to the company's patrol by China. So let's, let's focus on that. Is, is there any truth to that claim? Uh, no, I mean, from, I mean, yes, from the standpoint that they're the only buyer to concentrate right now, but uh, there's no mention in that report that I've seen of the, uh, of the processor that's on site at the Mountain Pass mine that MP has been working on retrofitting uh, you know, for the better part of the last year and right on schedule, fully funded, and it's supposed to be up and running sometime during uh, 2022 and up to full capacity by 2023. That is the core of this MP story is, is the processor uh, that they're retrofitting, which is their um, you know, stage two uh, capital spending plan. Okay, now, wait. This so I, I knew that they were working on a processing facility. I never mm -hmm. realized that there has always been a processing facility on site. It just needs to be retrofitted, at which point in time they'll no longer need to, or probably will they, ship any of the concentrate to China. If they do, it'll be because it, uh, it's the, it, it, for economic reasons, right? So but, it uh, is, I think we'll be, yeah. It has always been the plan to process themselves. And so the, and the Grizzly yes. report never even mentions this? Mm -hmm. No. And not just process it themselves. I mean, ultimately, their plan is they want to be a fully integrated uh, producer, right? So 
they've already announced uh, their stage three, stage three capital spending uh, program, which is going to be a the first part of it, which is going to be a, uh, a new facility, you know, uh, focused on rare earth alloys, metals, and uh, fabricating rare earth metals, alloys, and, uh, and neodymium, praseodymium permanent magnets, which okay. has always been the plan. So the first section of the Grizzly report says you shouldn't like MP because Chameth Balbatea participated uh, in the SPAC. Uh, he he put 200 million in, he sold it out at a huge profit and therefore we shouldn't like the company. The second is that uh, in the initial phase of restarting the mine, they're shipping the concentrate to China. Starting next year, they're gonna process it on site and they've, th th this, this has always been the plan. This is going forward. And the Grizzly report never mentions this. No. The third, the third part of the report is it's, it's a failed business. Uh, that the mm -hmm. predecessor, the entity that operated 10 years ago, from whom they acquired the assets, because it failed, MP materials will necessarily fail. You want to talk about that a yeah. little bit? Yeah. And they, the, the argument is this old argument that makes absolutely no sense of where they say it's because of their, you know, because they mine so much cerium, you know, which is a low margin uh, rare earth element. Uh, back when Molly Corp was operating this mine, there was no big demand from Tesla. There was no big push towards EV. There was no big push towards uh, wind power like we're seeing right now. Frankly, there was no demand for neodymium and praseodymium. So what Molly Corp did is they focused on cerium because it was a, one of the few things that they could sell at that time and they needed cash. So uh, the, ironically, the production problems, you know, that, you know, that have been sort of well reported and cited as a reason for avoiding MP were all because of previous management trying to shift neodymium and praseodymium production assets, mining and processing assets to focus on cerium, right? And those adjustments are what caused the substantial downtime in those assets. Now, if you look at the mining operation since MP, um, since MP management got the mine up and running, there's been no downtime. There's been there's been nothing but planned downtime. Their their operating statistics they're up they're up over ninety percent of the time. If all you have to do is go back and look at Molly Corp, you can see that their facilities were operating maybe at fifty percent of that were up fifty percent of the time. Okay, because so the, of uh, that mismanagement. Big difference in in the market context. There's much more mm -hmm. demand now due to wind me, and EV. Yeah. Uh, how about the company itself? Is 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 does MP look vulnerable to bankruptcy to you? No, they've got. Uh, for first off, uh, let's just focus on 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 two key data points um, in Q2. And this is the one thing that drives me crazy. You'll hear it from the monazite producers like that are claiming that uh, that they're going to produce rare earth from monazite. Uh, this uh, this is all about unit economics. What do you what do you sell? the element for what do you sell neodymium praseodymium, uh, neodymium praseodymium for and what does it cost you to produce so in the second quarter um, uh, you know if you go to the uh, mp website and look through their slides they do a, provide very detailed analysis in terms of their cost of production and their realized price uh, in q2 their cost of production for neodymium and praseodymium concentrate is is um basically uh, like right around $1,500 per metric ton, right? The realized price, what they're getting from Shanghai processing it, the money they get from Shanghai, the realized price is about $7,300 per metric ton, which is why the company is reporting uh, for Q2, 64% adjusted EBITDA margins. 
right? So this is a very profitable business. Now, you know, the, you can make the argument that uh, from a multiple of EBITDA or multiple of revenue standpoint, but, you know, but uh, I think to accurately value this, value this company, you have to also bake in, you know, the uh, processor, which is about to restart. This processor, if you look at the picture on MP's website of the Mountain Pass site, you'll see the processor there. It takes up about three football fields. It will be the it is the it will be the largest NDPR processor on the planet when it is started up. And uh, there's been nothing, uh, you know, uh, from management that's indicated that they've been anything but on track with this, uh, you know, with their uh, with this capex program. There's one more aspect of the the processing, right? There's a there's another processor that the uh, you know that will be focused on the refining and separation of heavy rare earths. That's uh, a second processor that is in the plans to be built uh, on the uh, mine site as well. So, with respect to the Grizzly report, well, they said that the management team, uh, you should discount the management team because a a, a lot of them worked uh, with the old mine. So uh, with respect to mining uh, this rare earth, if, uh, if somebody was involved in mining it the last time, should we uh, assume that the, they're going to be no good at mining it this time? Absolutely not. What, what MP did is they cherry picked, you know, the best, uh, you know, the best engineers, the best mining people, you know, that worked on that project. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to go in and you want to uh, attack the problem with a bunch of engineers that, that are new to the project? Or do you want to work with the better people that actually worked on the project? Okay, so Grizzly's out with this report. Uh, there's big volume. The stock is down. Um, uh, in an earlier conversation, Matt, you and I were taking a look at uh, trading volumes. You spotted a few things over in the in the option. Um, it, it, is there any indication that you've picked up that somebody shorted this position? Can can you infer anything from the action that you've been seeing? What I've seen is that there was a, there's been a substantial amount of put volume today. You know, specifically at the over 9,000 contracts traded it on the, um, if you look at the um, uh, put volume today, on the November 19th strikes for, for MP for the uh, $30 puts and the $35 strike puts that expire November 19th, there's a massive spike in uh, volume in uh, both of those contracts today with over 4,000 contracts trading at the 30 strike and over 9,000 contracts trading with a 35 strike. Now, what's interesting in both of those contracts is the open interest is now substantially lower than where it was yesterday. So that leads me to believe that somebody um, had been unwinding some put positions in the uh, in those November contracts. Again, I am not going to make any accusations against Grizzly. It could have been stimulated by um, by another investor, uh, but it's just interesting volume to uh, to well, look at. Let's just unwind it. What you're saying is that there was substantial put interest at 30 and 35. The stock mm -hmm. has recently shot up from about 25 to about 35. So it was on a really great run. Mm -hmm. Into uh, earnings likely, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Grizzly comes out with this report and people who have outstanding, who have, who have shorted the, the puts either have covered them Okay, that would make sense. They that they bought the contracts out because they don't want to be short at, at 30 anymore. Not all of them, it's just a portion of them. It just looks like there's a substantial reduction in open interest and in both of those strike prices. I mean, there's still open interest. It certainly hasn't been wound down to zero, but I'm just trying to think who's, like, yeah. who's covering the people that uh, bought yeah. the puts and therefore thought that the stock was going to decline 
or the people that wrote the puts who um, uh, thought that uh, it was pretty safe uh, to write them down there. It could be mm -hmm. either one, you know, so either it could, one. yeah, yeah it, 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 it could be somebody didn't think that this thing was going to run into earnings um, and they're taking advantage of the, of, of the stock being down today to, to, uh, to get, get out of those positions. I would say there's also some uh, positive event risk, you know, depending upon the uh, the update they give on the process. Okay, all right. So um, I, I know that there's a uh, there is a post on the Breakout Investor Platform, uh, taking a look at this report, taking a look at Grizzly, going to follow events, you know, as uh, the bulls and the bears fight it out on MP materials. But in summary. Mm -hmm. uh, Grizzly came out with a report. A lot of people have seen it. There's a lot of trading, but the charges themselves really don't amount to much. Somebody that was in uh, uh, as an initial investor sold out with a huge profit some time ago. Some other mm -hmm. insiders uh, have, have, have uh, re reduced some of their position. Okay, that that there's no surprise there. Uh, the company is not owned or controlled by the Chinese, as far as we can tell. Uh, the fact that there is a Chinese company invested in the business by itself is not anything. The fact that this has connections back to the Chinese government, well, tell me something I didn't already know. I mean, I, I think you're going to find that in any instance. Uh, they completely left out the processing. It was a business decision to process through China until such time as they got the processor up and running. That's something that'll happen next year. And the management team, well, if, 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 your perspective is to be understood as doing a fine job. The fact that Mollycorp failed 10 years ago is no indictment of the opportunity for these rare earths today or for the current management team. I, so, last comment, I would also encourage you to take a look at neodymium, praseodymium pricing, right? If you look at trading economics right now, if you look at that chart, uh, the uh, neodymium pricing, using that as a, a proxy, uh, recently peaked sometime in March. And then it traded down uh, going into July. Since July, the price has been is just has gone up substantially. Um, looks like it's almost up thirty uh, percent, and that's through the whole uh, third quarter. So, if somebody was going to want to cover uh, in advance of these earnings, that would certainly be a good uh, reason to do so. Okay. Well, as as I uh, go into the readout now, I just want to remind folks. If this sounds interesting, there's a lot of content about MP on the Breakout Investor platform. We invite you to come join us as we continue to take a look at it. But for now, uh, we'll call it. That's 10 minutes. Thank you very much, Matt. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on the discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The Breakout Investors 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not Breakout Investors. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither Breckett Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.